Hey, this is Zach Catanzaro. And I'm Walker Lukens. We're the hosts of Song Confessional, the only podcast where today's top songwriters turn your anonymous stories into original songs. This week, we've got a salacious tale of train platforms and anonymous hookups. Austin songstress Buffalo Hunt transforms the confession into a cinematic indie pop gem, exploring the dark pleasures of our bad decisions. Listen to Song Confessional at KUTX.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Hello and welcome to the first ever This Song Extra. I'm Elizabeth McQueen and in the last episode of This Song with Jonathan Myberg from Shearwater, he had an entire conversation with Jackie Fuller before the interview that we aired. And it was too interesting for you not to hear. So we're going to play it for you today. And in fact, I'm sitting here with Jackie Fuller. I, I love music and I love talking to musicians about music, but I also like people who are just about a lot of different things. And Jonathan Myberg, I could have talked to that guy all day long. Like I'm, You would have had a lot to talk about. He's a fascinating guy. Like, uh, for instance, uh, one of my favorite authors, Peter Matheson, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He wrote a book called The Snow Leopard. Um, and he interviewed that guy before his death. He Fascinating story. This one didn't even make it onto tape, but he, for, someone had interviewed Jonathan and about things he liked for some kind of column. It was like, things you like, you know, like hot dogs or whatever. And he said, oh, I like Peter Matheson's books. Someone's publicist got wind of that and said, do you want to interview him? Send him out to interview, you know, this writer who's one of his heroes. And that is just one of the many things that Jonathan Myberg has done. He is into birds. He's into Bowie. We talked about the fact that he got uh, voice lessons from our own John Ailey here at KUTX. Honestly, that that conversation could have gone on for a really long time. I had to kind of like I knew he had somewhere to be. So I had to just like <laughs> let the poor guy go. But well, there's just so much interesting stuff there. And yeah. And when I listened to it, I thought we can't put it into the This Song episode. But I can't just... Let it sit there no. and just be. So we're going to play it for you now. Not as heavily produced as the This Song episodes, but just as interesting. So here he is, Jonathan Myberg. All right. And I want to make sure I pronounce your last name correctly. Myberg. Myberg, okay. And you worked with John Ailey. He did yeah, some, yeah, it's yeah, so I cool. Yeah, I took some voice lessons with John. Yeah. That's amazing. And uh, we hardly sang a note I remember in the lessons it was all about breathing and uh, posture and thinking about sound production uh-huh. and um, one of the things he told me was that there was uh, he said there is no difference between head voice and chest voice okay it's all just one thing <laughs> and when he said that and we, we talked about it a little bit more it, it really opened things up for me in a way I'd never thought about it made such a huge difference in my singing uh, and it made it possible for me to sing much better and for longer and without wearing my voice out. So huge props to John. He's a he's a legend. Well, I just heard you in KUTX's studio 1A do a Bowie cover, and I was pretty blown away. <laughs> Speaking of singing, for a moment there, I forgot that I was listening to you, and I thought I was hearing Bowie. <laughs> Is there something about the way Bowie sings that you've always been drawn to or that you emulate? Well, I went through my Bowie phase kind of late. Like It's only been in the last few years that I really started to get into the post- um, Ziggy Stardust kind of stuff. And I just, uh, I so admire his vocal technique. He could make his voice stretch in so many different ways. And uh, for this tour, one of the things we're doing is we're covering 
the entire Lodger record sort of in pieces. Um, so we'll have it. We'll play it all of it by the end of the tour. So we've been rehearsing it along with our new record and some of our old songs. I think we were prepared like 28 or 29 songs for the tour, which is you know more like twice as many as I've ever prepared. But getting inside of his, um, getting inside of that record and what his thought process might have been, the way that the musicians are playing, was just been fascinating and uh, singing. Uh, his songs, trying to, you know, do the things that he does, but without just doing a Bowie impression. Because one of the problems of anybody who's got a really distinctive voice is that if you are trying to uh, sing something they did, and it's really hard to do it without just sounding like you're doing a bad, uh, you know, a parody of them or something. Sure. But in that case, it just, I try to sing it as if it were coming from me somehow. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like play acting. And doing those songs made it easier to approach my own songs a little bit more that way, which actually was really helpful. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, I wanted to I wanted to have the fun of, of you know, doing these Bowie songs and kind of putting those on uh, as a way of uh, then taking my own songs and going, okay, like how would I do this if um, I didn't feel all the self-consciousness you feel about having written the song and, and seen it from its, its earliest stages up to completion. And it really was kind of liberating. And you recently traveled to Brazil. I did. And a few other far-flung places. Yeah, this year was Brazil, Guyana, and India. It was was really a, an incredible year for, for traveling for me. And then Britain also, but that seemed pretty tame. Although it was probably more dangerous than any of the other places. And this was all research stuff that you were doing for your forthcoming book? Yeah. Yeah, I'm working on a book that's going to come out probably 2018 if I can get it in this year, uh, which depends on how much touring we have to do. And the book is about? Uh, the book, well, we'll I'll, I'll be talking about this more later, but <laughs> the uh, uh, the book is about uh, the this 10 species. The book is about 10 strange birds of prey that live in South America called caracaras. We have one of the 10 species here, actually. You can see them down at Hornsby Bend called crested caracaras. Okay. Sometimes called Mexican eagles um, or caranchos. But they're a really strange group of falcons that are more like vultures or something, or crows. And through their lives, um, I, I'm able to look at the, the the entire story of what happened to South America over the last several million years. Because South America has a fascinating and bizarre story that most people don't know. Mm-hmm. It was off by itself for more than 30 million years, completely isolated from the rest of the planet. And so life took its own course there mm-hmm. and produced all kinds of strange animals and plants that uh, don't live anywhere else. And these uh, caracaras are from that world. And what I love about them is not it's not that they're just rare or bizarre. It's that they're extremely intelligent and social and funny. Like they, they'll make you laugh. <laughs> and the, a species that I studied, for instance, down in the Falkland Islands, uh, if you go up to it, it'll it'll come up to you and start trying to take things out of your bag. I mean, they're just, they're completely fearless. And they, uh, you know, they, they, when you look into their eyes, there's something really special about the way they look back at you. It's as if they recognize you as being somehow like them in some significant way. It's a little bit eerie, and, and uh, but it also makes you feel less alone. When it comes tax time, what the hell do you put down for oh, occupation? <laughs> <laughs> what do you consider yourself oh, man. first? I, I mean, you know. have so many different things that you do. Self-employed. I, mean, just, <laughs> I remember the first time I put down musician on like the the customs or the the visa you know form when you're going into a, mm-hmm. another country when going to play music, and that was a real trip writing that down. 
at the UK border or whatever it was, but musician. Uh, now I don't, I don't hardly think about it. It depends on the, the situation. Uh -huh. If it's musicians or people are interested in musicians, but they also think of them as kind of not very trustworthy usually. <laughs> um, and, but writers, sometimes, depending on the situation, you might get more respect, but people are even more suspicious of you. <laughs> so you have to, it depends on whatever's going to seem least uh, threatening in any given situation. Do you listen to music when you write? No. Can't do it. No, music, I have a funny relationship with listening to music. I used to listen to music all the time when I was a kid. And now I feel like I have to be really selective about it. I want to be actively listening to it or I don't want to mm -hmm. hear it at all. Mm -hmm. um, and especially when we're in the process of making a record or preparing for a tour or whatever, it's it's becomes really hard to engage with music at all outside of that world. Um, like, for instance, you'll go somewhere, you'll be you'll be eating dinner and you'll hear a song come on, and immediately you start picking it apart. You're like, oh, God, that hi-hat sounds really good, but the bassist is terrible. You know, that kind of, you just can't turn off that part of your brain. Um, so I get, uh, I go through long spells sometimes where I don't listen to music hardly at all. Do you sort of compartmentalize all the things you're interested in? I mean, you've got the bird stuff. You're a mm -hmm. naturalist. You're a musician. You have an interest in visual arts. You did a whole song cycle about the painter Charles Birchfield. Yeah, I'm, I'm no... Kind visual... of a naturalist, too, but... Yeah, oh, he was you, sort of a mystic. Do you um, do you feel like you compartmentalize that stuff, or do they feed into each other? They all seem like the same thing to me. Mm -hmm. like I, I just mentioned in there in our performance that Ms. Jay was asking me about that. To me, the uh, the research is like a receiving... It feels like I'm a, just a receiver, and they're just sort of take in all this information, and then... Uh, in the in the songs and in the writing, you become a transmitter, and you, you mm -hmm. take what you've what you've absorbed and try to reflect it back in some way. And is that almost a, a need to have to transmit once you've been receiving so much? I've been doing this long enough; I must need to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly not for the money. And see, that was totally interesting, right, Jackie? Totally interesting. Totally. Jonathan, if you ever want to come back and just hang out. We've just sit around That'd and talk cool, yeah. for a long time. <laughs> this song is a production of KTX 98.9. David Alvarez uh, recorded that interview with Jonathan Myberg and me. You can download a copy of this extra and all the episodes of this song at ktx.org. Or you can subscribe to the This Song podcast, even better, and uh, rate it favorably on iTunes. Yes, and thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs> <laughs>